Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookies? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle And I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn cookies. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. It is June 28, 2019 out this motherfucker. Yo. Oh, man. I, I You know, I got a lot of shit to talk about. I, I honestly don't have a whole lot of wrestling to cover tonight. Um, But, you know, I have some things to uh, rant and rave about. I'm going to be doing this first part of this on the podcast only, for uh, which will be soon very obvious reasons. Um, you know, when I do, um, the Facebook live thing, I can't, I can't add any audio. Like you've noticed since I've been doing the Facebook live thing, I'll just do like a straight two hour shot instead of like an hour with a, a song break in the middle. Cause it doesn't really translate. I guess I could stop it, come back, play it, you know, thing. I don't, I, I can't use sound drops or anything like that because you, you're not going to hear it on the Facebook live. I uh, can't do guests because, again, you're only going to hear one half of it unless I only did it through Facebook. Then it wouldn't be on Blog Talk. You know, it, it, it's all a bunch of just uh, technical stuff over here that I uh, 
you know, try to just manage and, you know, figure out what's the, what's the best way to do it. Um, I do like doing the Facebook live thing, gets a lot of interaction, gets a lot of, um, you know, comments and, uh, different people in there listening and watching based on like just the ease of it. Facebook is super easy. I get updates all day about this one's going live. That one's going live. And, you know, so it, um, it definitely opens, um, my possibility of a random audience, people just stop by. You don't have to look for it. A podcast, you got to look for it. You don't just like stumble into the blog talk site and suddenly start listening to fucking uh, podcasts where, uh, you know, I mean, if you got a shitload of people on your Facebook, random people pop in, pop out, whatever. So it's, uh, I like it. It's a good additive. So I like doing that. But again, uh, trying to just figure out the, the proper balance for that and everything. And then I'm always just like a slightly more cautious on Facebook because, you know, it, again, it's it's so much easier to just oh, click report, whatever, all of that bullshit, uh, you know, with all of that nonsense. Um, what, what the fuck else, man? I got what else? I didn't even hit a topic yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I did a savage race this past weekend. Again, I'm, I'm going to save that for the Facebook Live. I, I could talk all about that in the Facebook Live. Um so I think the best way to do this now, let's just fucking go into this thing right, right from the fucking thing. All right. Um, so this guy, uh, Adam Bueller. Now, this has been an ongoing thing for a while. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, the, the guy has AIDS. He, he has HIV, I should say. I know, you know, oh, there's a difference in this and that. But um, he had cancer, I believe. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, sympathy pouring in for him. And the, the, the random, um, you know, wrestling community putting all their support by him. Next thing you know, you know, you're seeing these little doctor uh, medical uh, updates. And, and some of it is looking kind of suspect uh blood test came back not looking so good updates later this and that so eventually like down the road he comes out and uh says yeah like uh fucking hiv positive and um yeah so uh i just wanted to be honest with you guys and this and that but like to to the best of his knowledge he's had it since fucking 2015 i mean this is a guy who was out there doing barefoot fucking syringes and fucking uh, pins and needles and glass and fucking all of this shit. So although, you know, AIDS uh, dies when it hits the air, whatever the fucking case is, but, you know, um, there's still, I mean, there's syringes can hold that fucking, that virus in there. And then when you stick it into the other motherfucker, it lays on the mat and pokes the other guy. I mean, it's, it's not humanly impossible to pass that on. Um, to, all right, you, you get your diagnosis, um, and, and you go, all right, fuck, man, that, that's crazy shit, um, getting the fuck out, first things first, get the fuck out of the business, like, contact maybe anyone you, you think there might have been some kind of contamination with, you know, because again, like, the syringes, that shit holds the fucking blood in, like, you're not fully drawing blood for the most part, but, it, it, you know, the tip of that thing could hold it in. I think probably keep it safe from uh, whatever kills the the virus when it hits the air. 
So this guy, like like a lot of these fucking idiots, just goes like, all right, yeah, uh, you know, takes a little break and then goes, all right, I'm, I'm just going to not bleed. Taking bookings. It's just like, whoa, what the fuck? So uh, today, you know what? Let me, I can't properly continue talking about this without uh, uh, some some music. So I, I think the proper thing to do is just, just before I get into what happened today with this Facebook post and this and that, let's just go into this. So basically, um, the problem is, is this guy decides that he's going to um, continue to wrestle. And he's getting really, really upset because his bookings are getting canceled. He has HIV and he's worried about his bookings being canceled. He is super hurt. How dare you do your research on the disease? You're not going to catch it. You're fucking assholes if you have a problem with this. Like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare they? What the fuck is wrong with these motherfuckers? Like, all right. So, let's just go a little bit further in with that. Because, I mean, nonstop wrestlers have been like, fuck that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want that shit around me. Nothing like that. I got to keep hitting replay on this. So, um, uh, he, he's really fucking butthurt about this, uh, no pun intended. Um, or is it? Um, so he starts posting and posting about this shit, and it's like fucking 300 people going like, oh, what fucking assholes? How dare they discriminate against you and... They should do research on the disease. Now everybody needs to be a fucking chemist or a scientist or a fucking doctor in order to get in a wrestling ring because this guy has fucking HIV. And he expects everyone to do, like, proper research to just feel safe around fucking HIV known in the fucking ring. So I just put out there... After all these people were, you know, continuing to give him their sympathy and heartfelt uh, condolences and, oh, my God, how dare they and fuck these people. So I just put, why would you continue wrestling with a compromised immune system anyway? You're a hobby wrestler. Get a new hobby. And look, let's be fucking real. Adam Bueller is never going to fucking light the world on fire with his wrestling ability. The only reason I even fucking knew him is because he was an emaciated-looking kid taking insane deathmatch spots in front of me at fucking IWA Mid-South. Fucking barefoot, uh, I think it was Dale Patrick's in him. Fucking just, like, murdering each other. This fucking kid weighed, like, 110 pounds tops and was just taking bumps all over the fucking place, taking brutal fucking cuts and this and this and this. Right? So he just gets fucked up. Looks like this little nerdy fucking kid. So he gets fucked up, and it's like, oh, wow, look at this fucking kid, right? Next thing you know, all this fucking hell shit starts coming down. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's what he is. That, that's his fucking story. Um, so he responds with, um, where is it? Uh, do you always go out of your way to be a dick, or is this a special occasion? And I just said, it's just honesty. Uh, what's the reason to need to stay in a business you're not wanted in? Why not focus on your health? Injuries are common in wrestling, and your body will have a harder time recovering from everything. I'm sorry I didn't kiss your ass like everyone else on here, but I really don't give a fuck if you like me. So, then he responded with, uh, 
but you give a fuck enough to come to my post and leave a shitty comment. I'm not looking for anyone to kiss my ass. Kicking someone while they're down and being a dick on the internet isn't some kind of badge of honor. It makes you a shitty person, to be quite honest. I'm sorry that you don't have a better ways of occupying your time. Maybe you can find some while you fuck off. Hold on, and... So then I said, uh, uh, oh, no, no. So then this other guy jumps in, Cliff. Oh, Cliff. He goes, uh, you need to read up on the fucking disease. I know a couple people who wrestle with the disease. Let's just pause right there. So there's a couple motherfuckers out there wrestling with AIDS. Now, a lot of motherfuckers, I'd say 90% of the fucking wrestling business is not okay with that. You're not a fucking, you're not in the majority in thinking it's okay. It's a couple of you little dirty motherfuckers over there that are like, no, dude, stop being so judgmental. Everybody else is like, get that shit the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. So now this guy is coming out saying, yo, I know a couple motherfuckers. So maybe everybody out there who's wrestling in that fucking area, this little cliff dude's from New York. And uh, this other fucking guy's out from uh, Mid-South. So maybe you should contact these motherfuckers and find out exactly who's running around with, with the AIDS because um, as of right now, it's fucking Adam Bueller whose name's out there. These couple other motherfuckers' names aren't out there. So it's really funny because no one else is cool with doing it and, and wrestling these motherfuckers, but their little secret AIDS society over here knows a couple names. So again, maybe maybe hit old Cliff, uh, Cliff Roush Jr. up. All right? So then he goes... Uh, so you need to educate yourself before you get your two front teeth knocked out. Don't come at my boy like that because I will be that person to knock your teeth out. I don't play that negative shirt, bro. So first off, uh, I, I think he meant negative shit. But you're not about negative shit, yet you claim to um, want to knock my teeth out. So, hold on, let me start the song again. One second. Okay. Now. So then I responded. Well, there you go, Adam. The dickhead, this dickhead Cliff knows a couple people who wrestle with disease. So maybe you and this jerk off can get together, organize an AIDS ex- exclusive wrestling, AEW federation of your own. So that, that, that's where I went there. Um, then, um, Scotty, uh, I see. His name is like uh, Scotty Saridi, I believe. Um, I'm just going to call him Scotty Satire because he's a fucking joke. Nothing he says I can take seriously. He wouldn't say anything within fucking 20 minutes of my motherfucking actual presence. And, and let's just like, I'll, I'll pause the A song for now. We'll, I'll let this run out and then, then I'll just uh, continue on this little fucking clown for a minute. Now, to backtrack and give you a little history on uh, Scotty Satire, is um, he, he jumped on Team Hamhead when the whole fucking Hamhead shit went down. Um, and if you don't remember, the Team Hamhead shit ended on my end, where I was all done with every one of these motherfuckers, when I saw fucking Hamhead in Bayonne, and I walked up to him backstage, and I got in his fucking face and told him what was going to happen. And he fucking backed down, his fucking eyes watered the fuck up, and he said he'd take it back if he could. He'd take everything back if he could. What's it going to prove for you kicking my ass? All this other shit. All this other pussy clown shit that wasn't the same fucking tone, wasn't the same energy he had online. So I already knew where the motherfucker was at. I fucking walked away and said, all right, I'm all done with that. This guy wanted no fucking part of me when I was in front of him, and he knew he was a half a second from getting his face fucking caved in. 
You know, like I have legitimate fucking things in my life that I really, really care about. My children are way too fucking important for me to be getting locked up over these dirty motherfucking wrestling fans and commentators and fucking photographers and fucking AIDS patients and all of this other bullshit out here. But don't get it fucked up. I mean, you cats aren't in my fucking league, not by any stretch of the imagination. So when all this shit goes down and I get at this motherfucker and then the next thing goes um, I, yeah, everybody knows I'm done fucking attending shows. I'm all, I'm all done with this. Cause I don't, I don't want to wade in the fucking cesspool of you motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Stand around a bunch of people who don't even know what the fuck they're built. Like don't have mirrors in their house, nothing. Just walk around acting fucking reckless. And then if you just stumble into them and need to knock their goddamn head off, well then you just go to fucking jail. Then you got a fucking case. Then you're on probation. You got shit to deal with as an, as a grown ass man. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. You know what I mean? So why would I want to put myself in that position? But you look at you, you look at me. You look at the fucking athlete I am, and you look at the fucking slob you are sitting behind a fucking commentator table blowing fucking wrestlers. That's who the fuck you are. You're running around sucking motherfucking wrestlers' dicks. So at the end of the day, they all treat you like you're your fucking, you're on their level. You're, you're their best friend. You're, oh, I fucking love Scotty. Oh, you're my boy. You're my boy. But that doesn't make you tough at all, bro. Yeah, you know I mean? So you're on some bullshit. So anyway, after I got out these motherfucker and... It was known that, like, you know, what it is what it is. Um, a boy, Jeremy, went to um, a GCW show. This was the first show after all that happened. Fucking Scotty Satire goes running up to Jeremy and goes, dude, I, I know you're friends with J-Cat. Look, I don't, I don't want any problems. I don't want any problems. Okay, so Jeremy never said no kind of shit to begin with, that there was going to be any problems, there was going to be any anything. But the second you saw a motherfucker who had anything to do with me, you wanted to run up and make peace. So that shows me where you're at with me, bro. You could talk all that long distance tough guy shit if you want. It's been a couple fucking years. I don't speak your fucking name on any kind of regular basis. But anytime someone starts saying some shit about me, you show up out of the fucking woodwork with a bunch of shit to say. And he's going to the fucking direction. Why don't you exploit someone for medical bills for that scratch at tournament of death? Again, bro. My my arm was fucking wide open, you dickhead. It, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is what it is. I'm not crying about it. It's not a, you know, it, it was a big fucking cut, man. I, I can show anybody who fucking doubts that the picture. Everybody who's on my fucking Facebook and all that shit, they already know what the fucking size of this shit was, but they keep calling it a scratch. You know what I mean? I hope you get that same scratch on your fucking jugular and you bleed out in front of your fucking family. That's what I hope. And being it's not a big scratch, it probably won't take you out, right? So I, I hope that happens. I hope you fall on the corner of your fucking coffee table and bleed out in front of your faggot father. That's what I hope. Because you're trash. You're absolute trash. I can't stand you motherfuckers. You know what I mean? You're not a threat to me. You're not... You, you, that's why I said it. fucking Scotty Satire. You're garbage, bro. You're not, you're not a fucking real thing. Your, your words don't have fucking repercussions at all. So go commentate on a fucking show, fucking call dick spots and fucking dildo spots and all that shit. That's your fucking life. That, that's your fucking life. That's your aspirations. That's your fucking future right there. So I, I got no, no fucking love for any one of you motherfuckers. Um, so that, that's, um, that's the type of shit he was on. Um, and again, uh, you know, this guy with the, um, 
Kept popping off and kept popping off. The thing that's, that's beautiful to me is I'm going to outrage Why? Because. Be sure that you see that yeah. this is Ray Magic not Johnson, motherfucker. I'm sorry, I wish it was something less serious. But it ain't you've got the And then I heard shortly after, because, like, look, man, you guys think you're all in with the fucking wrestlers and everybody's on your fucking side. No one wants to hear my shit, this and that. Because then some other fucking dude who looks like a fucking, um, looks like Heath Slater with Down syndrome, he fucking gets on there and he says some old silly shit about me, too. And it's like, don't, don't fucking look like that in your life and then go online and start talking shit about people. Don't, don't do that. It looks fucking crazy. It looks absolutely absurd. For you to go online talking shit looking like Heath Slater with Down Syndrome. That, that's crazy. You motherfuckers can't match wits with me. It, you, you just can't do it. You, you, you can't do it. You don't have any kind of fucking uh, ability to, to hold a conversation and come up with anything that, that, that's going to be stabbing. You just keep going, oh, you're a bitch. You're a bitch. But like, you don't know me like that, bro. You, you don't know me like that at all. And you're not built like that. So it's crazy. But um, like I said... I got all these fucking wrestlers hitting me up, like, yo, that's fucking, that's fucked up, yo, that fucking guy's a piece of shit, you know, everybody who you think is all right, you know, with you having AIDS and running around wrestling, turns out they're not, they're just, they're just not, they're not all right with that, and there's a reason, again, why you're getting pulled off these shows, because motherfuckers aren't saying it to your face, but they're telling the promoter, look, I'm not fucking showing up. Do you want to lose all this fucking, the whole locker room for this fucking guy? No. And then uh, the, the dude, uh, what the fuck's his name? Cliff. Cliff, uh, who wants to knock my fucking teeth out, who apparently is from New York. I'm going to be in Long Island two times um, this summer for um, my races. So if you do feel the urge to be athletic and show up at an athletic event, which is fucking highly unlikely by the looks of you. I've also heard that you might have uh, the, um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, and, and uh, again, uh, hearsay, but I've heard that, you know, you might be not, not informing girls of something that might be going on with your blood, but you know, again, this is hearsay, not my problem, not my life. Um, but again, I, I'll be right in your fucking neck of the woods doing some athletic shit. So if you're really, really about that knocking motherfuckers teeth out life, then, then by all means, bring that fucking energy down to, to these fucking races, man. I, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I, I, I've told you a million fucking times on this show. I'm not fucking Deadpool just because I don't like you motherfuckers. And I think so many of you people are absolute fucking scumbags. And just trash and filthy fucking human beings. I'm not going to go around fighting crime and trying to defeat all the people I don't like. And shit, I don't give a fuck. Live your life. I don't give a fuck. I'm only commenting on what I see. That, that's all I'm doing. I, I, ain't got, I ain't got no fucking agendas other than just, I'm just speaking my fucking mind. I think a dude that, that's running around with HIV still fucking trying to wrestle is fucking co- completely irresponsible. You're a play wrestler. That's all you are. You're out there fucking playing wrestling. Like, you're not, you don't have any, like, 
crazy fucking future lined up because you, your wrestling ability is so awesome. You were only known as the deathmatch guy, whether you've told yourself you could fucking wrestle or not. You're only known as a deathmatch guy. Deathmatches are clearly out the window with the HIV. And then you're just a fucking emaciated dude with fucking HIV trying to run around and lock up with people. Like, get over it, bro. Go fucking plug in, uh, you know, your, your PlayStation 4 and play the latest fucking SmackDown or Raw, whatever the fuck games they come out with now. And call it a fucking day. You could do a creator wrestler. You could even put 10 pounds on without actually having to eat food. You could just fucking, like, bulk your fucking character up. Like, you just you just up your stats and shit. There might even be, like, a little attribute thing where you could, like, subtract your HIV. You know I mean? You can make HIV, switch that positive to a negative. You know what I mean? Who knows? I mean, you, you could, um, you can do a lot of things with that video game. And then maybe even fucking wrestlers who formally don't want to be in the fucking ring with you, yeah, maybe they'll play fucking video games with you online at, at a safe distance. You know, the same way that people talk shit about me, like Scotty Satire, at a safe distance. Yeah, you know I mean? So, so just, just do that. Just do that shit. But Again, like, I've had enough people who are in the fucking business hitting me up going, like, yeah, fuck that guy. He's, he's a fucking, he, he, he's a complete stain on the fucking wrestling business. I, I was just talking about this fucking, this uh, Adam Buell dude yesterday with another wrestler. And it was, like, ironic because, like, I seen this shit pop up today where he's crying about his bookings being fucking dropped. And I'm like, oh, shit. So when I started back in with him, I sent that said wrestler Again, I'm not blowing people's spots up like that. It's, it's none of their fucking business. But they should figure out that none of these motherfuckers are coming to their rescue. It's fucking Cliff, who who might have the shit himself. It, it's this other fucking uh, Down Syndrome Heath Slater. Yeah, I mean, all you motherfuckers look like Make-A-Wish fucking wrestlers. It's crazy. But this is this is that all-inclusive wrestling, man. You don't need legs. You don't need fucking a negative AIDS test. You don't need any of that shit. You can just fucking show up like fucking with some form of disability or disease or whatever the fuck is. And it's just like, nah, bro, it's okay. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't age shame. It's 2019, bro. You can't age shame a guy. Like, what do you mean? I mean, that could be like anybody. You can't just age shame. Shit's not fair. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, but do you man. And by do you, I mean, die slow. You know what I mean? Um, so, on to the next. Uh, Ian's fucking idiot kid uh, apparently ran a fucking deathmatch tournament with no permits. Um, he had a guy who was like fucking, um, I, I don't know the guy's age, but he's like five foot tall. He was supposedly like a fan turned wrestler, um, which, I mean, most wrestlers are, so that's not like a terrible thing in itself. Um, from what I heard, again, this is hearsay. I do no research on the show. I'm kind of, I don't want to say proud of that, but I'm comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to dedicate more time than I already do to this. You know what I mean? I come on here, do my thing, talk, give my opinion on things. But I, I, I'm not really looking to do uh, research or spend a bunch of time staring at fucking paragraphs to come up with uh, exactly what you guys want to hear. Eh, give a fuck. So um, uh, this guy supposedly was his second wrestling match. And he was taking, like, fucking crucifix bombs to the outside of the ring and the fucking piles of light tubes and shit. This dude got fucking shredded. Big fucking cut, stapled his fucking shoulder shut. Like, when he went to the hospital, had to staple the wound on his fucking shoulder shut. Uh, I think he, like, broke his thumb. Like, all sorts of different shit. 
And, um, you know, so Ian's kid caught a bunch of fucking heat. Um, I, I think his dad was taking fucking shots at him, too, about running without a permit and how nobody, you know, not everybody could do this shit and run shows. It's all fucked up now. Um, they had a bunch of, um, um, like, accusations of, like, hep C AIDS scares going on and stuff like that. And I don't know, like, again, I didn't really look too far into it, but I, from what I read, like skimmed real quick on the article I saw about the HIV hep C scare. Um, I, I think was, again, I could be wrong, but I think it was just like hearsay. And I think it's just like, if you do like an amateur level deathmatch tournament and you start getting all the negative attention, part of the negative attention is going to be, and blood was flying. And what if, and I, I think that's what it is. I don't know if there was more to it. Maybe there was more to it and legitimate hep C or AIDS or something like that, but it could be something as simple as tied in with, I heard this guy had the shit. I heard that guy had the shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, again, um, allegedly Necro fucking stopped wrestling because he had fucking hep C allegedly. Um, he spent at least like his last year wrestling, like not, fucking bleeding and that's not just like necro butcher trying to be safe like that's that's some like something's up with this motherfucker you know um and i had heard that from like so many different sources but again allegedly because i don't i don't know these motherfuckers like that so um so yeah um i don't know i i you know but ian's kid is the same one who thought you know it, it was a needed situation for him to go and yell into the camera in fucking Kentucky, Indiana, wherever the fuck they are. Fuck you, J-Cat. <laughs> After a match with the Orin Bite dude, because he couldn't understand the English that I spoke on my show about why Orin Bite didn't belong in the fucking um, all-star deathmatch tournament that Ian was supposedly put to- putting together, but never happened. Uh, kind of like as expected. And um, he, he couldn't understand why why I was saying that, like, a, an upstart guy, a rising star, doesn't fit into the fucking tournament. Not that he's trash. Not that I knew a fucking thing about this guy. I said it within my within my whole speech of the whole thing and all everything that was wrong with the way that they were booking and advertising it. Part of what I said was, he might be fucking awesome. He might be the best one in, De- in IWA Mid-South for all I know, but... Until he really proves himself to the world overall, to the country overall, the deathmatch scene overall, you can't put him in this, like, all-star, best-ever, king-of-the-deathmatch. It was supposed to be, like, the all-star game of of king-of-the-deathmatches, not just fucking random dude that's on fire right now. You know, and again, nothing against the dude. Um, He fucking absolutely killed it with, uh, who was it, Eric Ryan? couple shows ago for uh gcw and i mean he's a fucking maniac he does some really cool innovative shit um i didn't think his his performance at tos was that dope but again like i I wasn't that big on tos to begin with um so yeah i you know that that kind of is what it is there uh he, he just didn't understand english and uh you know it doesn't doesn't again doesn't shock me because i mean you're talking about a guy who's just not not very smart um you know, I'm on the fucking East Coast with a podcast, and he's he's all the way in fucking Kentucky yelling, fuck J-Cat. Like, who the fuck even knows who the fuck I am over there? It's crazy. But such such is the uh, intelligence of, of these motherfuckers. What, what can I do for you? I, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah. So I think now that's that's what I had on on those topics there. Um, trying to see if there's anything else I need to knock out of the way before I get into the uh, Facebook Live thing. I, I'm probably going to go into the Facebook Live thing from here. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, quick update too on the, uh, well, you know what? Yeah, I'll save it all for the fucking Facebook live. Um, sorry. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break and, uh, try to set this Facebook live thing up. I'm going to play the fucking song now. Uh, let me just go with this one more time. Yes, you have AIDS. I hate to tell you, boy, that you have AIDS. You got the AIDS. You may have caught it when you stuck that filthy needle in here. Or maybe all that unprotected sex what you hear. It isn't clear, but, but what we're, we're certain, certain of is you have AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. Not HIV, but, but full-blown AIDS. Be sure that you see that this is not HIV. I'm sorry, I wish it was something less serious. But it ain't, you've got the Fantastic. All right, check this track out. Uh, let me set up the Facebook Live thing, come back, and hit the other topics. You better not, I did hot rock My social number starts with a Glock I'm a culture shop, my vocals are rock Covered in coke inside the soda shop Rope around the throat of a cop I'm a face chop, looking at the face of my watch Rap Clorox, and this is how you lyrically box Self-sufficient, the West Nile virus and blunt instruments Knife wound intimate, automatics is infinite Grab concrete to hold my ground, I'm groundbreaking Breathtaking, the shooting radiation My narration is the salvation See my value is a violation While evasions, author and my art's amazing Illa boss is like a tape raping Safe haven, late fornication what? My motivation is occasional rap star And the G-Boss is like some coke to a rock star Legal boxing Get 10 seconds ribs that consider the options If 100 men want the bag, we wear the stockings yeah, yeah. Don't get head in the process, yeah, nigga yeah, yeah, Yo, P Legal boxing Get 10 seconds ribs that consider the options If 100 men want the bag, we wear the stockings yeah, yeah. Don't get head in the process, yeah, nigga yeah, Nigga got close, he was met with a one-two. One, two. Ain't nobody fighting record better than nicest ever. I'm Mike Tyson clever, man. You niggas more Tyson Bedford. The eye of the tiger got stripes, you more like a leopard. Spot you with the sniper rifle, a different type of pressure. Left jab, right hook, uppercut. Man, I fuck you up. My knuckles rough, hunted deep. Ain't no jumping us. I'm tough enough to box him alone. Right, slots alone, rock and gold. I'll punch you in the top of the dome, knock him cold. The round end slump by the counter ten. Uh-huh. You can tell by the Legal boxing, get 10 seconds, ribs that consider the 
update on the cat thing from last week um roscoe uh the whole shit is crazy this fucking guy is uh he's a clown so um i told you the last i heard from this dude he was pretty much writing me off saying yeah thanks for the help whatever whatever um so the next fucking day i sent him a message and he's like yeah uh yeah roscoe's back in as of this morning so uh yeah a little suspect not so uh, sure about what's going on there. What's up, Eric? What's up, Russell? What's up, Kyle? Shaheen? Um, yeah, so I don't trust this fucking guy. This guy's on some serious bullshit. But, um, you know, what can you do? Um, so what the fuck? Um, I guess we'll go with the um, TOD thing. So I know uh, Shaheen was looking forward to that. And, you know, look. It's going to be a little disappointing, man, because I didn't watch the whole fucking show. Um, I, I just, it just lost my fucking interest. Um, so, first things first. Uh, they start off the show and announce that you can't bring beer in, which is just the fucking, uh, one of the nails in the coffin of CZW, I'd like to say. But the thing is, is these fans are idiots. So... Everyone will be super upset, this and that, but next year, I think they go back to DJ's farm, he said something about, uh, next year, we'll be back at my parents' house or whatever, so it's just like, he just got you for your fucking money, and then next year, you just be back in his fucking yard, obliterated, and not even caring about what happened last year, you'll be like, shit-faced, telling your friends, like, last year is fucked up, we showed up, and they told us no beer, he didn't lose a fucking dollar of your money, so, basically, it's not gonna make any difference, um, financially to him because he still got a decent crowd i think it was like 600 or so from what shaheen was saying it looked packed on on uh on vod or what have you but um again he said he's it was very small so it was packed into a small thing i, I don't even think that has anything to do with the beer the lineup was shit the the area was shit again like tod is you know it got this aura of like death stock it's like a woodstock deathmatch woodstock but that was based off of DJ's Yard. I mean, realistically, DJ's Yard has been the best venue TOD ever had. I'll give DJ that. If I give DJ anything on the fucking planet, is the fact that his parents' yard is a better TOD location than any fucking thing was. It was cool, you know, the building, they fucking, Mondo and uh, DJ came off the fucking building. Uh, not Mondo and DJ. Mondo and Zandy came off the fucking building. Um, you know, they had the other spot. Drake fucking fell off the, the tractor trailer. Um, you know, I've been to just about all the tournament of deaths up until the, the recent ones. Um, but the, the yard is just so wide open and private at the same time. So it's like you tuck off into a private area and then have all the space in the world. And there's not going to be just like drive-by police shit like motherfuckers just get ridiculously comfortable and just fucking they get obliterated and it, you know it's become the atmosphere of tod um 
you know, uh, this coming month, July, I'll be six years sober. So it's, it's not my scene anymore, but none of the wrestling's scene is mine anymore. This isn't for me. But for what TOD is, that's, that's what the fuck that is. is people just out there living fucking wild and reckless and then watching deathmatch shit. I mean, you could go, like, sit on the hood of your car, not even go back to your seats. Like, you could just fucking sit there and you could see all the shit from right there. There's people sitting on top of their cars. There's people, you know, people bring vans, put fucking chairs on top of them and shit. So I saw a guy drive a fucking uh, a pickup truck in there with a couch in the back. They were lounging like fucking kings watching fucking deathmatch wrestling. So obviously that's the place. Uh, I guess they got banned for three years or two years or some shit. So um, they couldn't be there. Which is, I didn't know that shit, but, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously that, that's a terrible situation for them to show up there and then have that, oh, no beer, whatever. And then I heard it was like, you know, a third of the crowd or a half of the crowd was still just fucking bringing beer in because security was trash, which no surprise here. Um yeah, Eric saying the uh, motocross place was nice at TOD4. It was all right. You know, it was all right. Um, again, not bad. It was, it, it, yeah, you know, I mean, TOD has always been dope. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, splitting hairs and this and that. But if we're talking best venue, hands down, it's just DJ's yard because it's secluded and huge. So, it, usually if you get secluded, you get small, but it's secluded and enormous. So, it's. It's great. But anyway, um, so, um, he starts off the show like that and it's just, you know, everything's a fucking joke because, um, he knew that shit. He a hundred percent knew that shit. He could lie. And, oh, I found out when the people got to the building and started drinking and then the building said some bullshit. Like you knew it, you would have lost money just like GCW when they did it at, um, fucking, uh, Starland ballroom. They knew what the fucking deal was there. They weren't gonna. Um, they they weren't gonna. Um, back and make that. They um they weren't gonna fucking lose their money telling people beforehand like oh yeah everything you planned is not gonna go that way so uh, here's your chance to reconsider. They're gonna get you know get you to the fucking venue and be like fucking sorry guys I didn't know but you know. So um so anyway. I don't have a lot to talk about with TOD because, again, um, the VOD was fucking dark as shit. It looked like um, the motherfucker put sunglasses on the camera and was filming. Um, just ridiculous. It, you know, it's fucking everybody wants a 2019 everything. But how come it's 2019 and uh, motherfuckers... Uh, oh, the, Shaheen's saying that uh, people could drink out of cups there. But, again, like... I don't know. I, and I, I thought I heard Larry say some shit, but everything was so terribly mic'd. Um, yeah, they they should have fucking put people on to something. But then again, like, they would have fucked themselves. It was like, oh, you know, they, they devised something to let people drink. But I don't know. So anyway, um, the fucking lighting was terrible. They're outside and it's fucking dark. The, the The fucking cameras are dark. I don't know what the fuck they did to do that. Uh, what the fuck is going on? Um, the the fucking the ring is not mic'd well at all. 
these guys are holding microphones. I don't understand why, again, 2019, we can't wire the fucking mic system into the fucking same thing that the commentary goes through. I don't understand. If you're broadcasting something and you have a microphone that goes out to the fucking crowd, but then the commentary goes into the fucking DVD feed, why can't you put them together? I, I really don't get it. Um, these people are just, just uh, amateur. It, it's crazy as hell how amateur it is. Tournament of Death 18. We got 18 fucking years in, and, and this shit could not be more amateur. TOD 1 looked way better produced than this. Um, Superhuman has way better production value than fucking CZW. Way better. He's become one of my favorite deathmatch wrestlers. Straight up. Uh, he sells better. Um, I mean, this dude is specific on exactly whose elbow drop he's using. Like, he'd be like, this is a Shane McMahon elbow drop right here. Like, this one's Mick Foley circa 96. This this one here is a CM Punk elbow drop. Yeah, old school. I got the macho man in the back. Hit that shit on the, the fucking... Uh, the microwave, definitely going to use the fucking Shane McMahon on the coffee cups. This dude's, um, you know, that's, um, he's using some other fucking, uh, psychology. That's it. He's using psychology on his fucking bumps. You know what I mean? <laughs> People say that deathmatch wrestling has no psychology. Look at what superhumans putting into his shit. Um, fuck this shit. He says before everything, he doesn't give a fuck. He's keeping true to his gimmick. He doesn't say, fuck this shit, elbow the thing, and they go, I love you, coffee cups. I, I, I fucking, I just want to put over this fucking microwave real quick. I love this fucking microwave. I've been heating shit up in this motherfucker for the past 10 years. I love this fucking microwave. You don't understand how, how many fantastic meals this microwave has brought me. Like, I know I just dropped an elbow on it, but I got to just tell you, like, I remember the day I bought this microwave, and this fucking thing was great. I brought it into my house. I plugged it in. We ate fucking popcorn. Let me just, like, run down a couple movies I watched based on the popcorn I ate out of this fucking microwave. Like, you don't hear him putting over the fucking microwave or the coffee cups and shit. Yeah, I mean, like... If, it's, if it was these days fucking wrestlers doing those fucking pumps, they'd be putting over that coffee cup. It would sound like a Folgers commercial after he fucking dropped the elbow on the coffee cups. Instead, this fucking dude's selling out there. Now, he might not have a choice in the selling, but I give him fucking credit because a lot of these fucking wrestlers are out there looking stupid. Um, so, uh, again, I, I have so little to say about TOD. Uh, the commentary. These motherfuckers sound sedated. Um... I don't know who the commentators are. They've been trashed since fucking Gargiulo and House left, which is, I don't know, fucking, like, fucking 15 years ago or some shit. But the one guy would, like, sound like somewhat like a commentator, like, somewhat excited about what was going on. And the other guy, like, he got hit with a fucking, like, a tranquilizer dart. He's like, yeah, that's, that's really intense. That guy just hit him with a trash can. What's up, Anthony? Uh, he'd be like, yeah, that was a brutal move. <laughs> Look, that was legitimate. I, I, at some point, I probably watched like a half hour more of it than I would have watched because of this guy's commentary. Because, like, it, it just started going, um, oh, my God, he just powerbombed him through that fucking stack of glass. The other guy's like, yeah, man, that must hurt. <laughs> it's just it was cracking me up eric's asking didn't i hate eric and john i did that's what's fucking crazy 
because like you know they say like you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's that's fucking Eric Gargiulo and John House because I thought they were cornballs and they were over the top and all this, but they sold that fucking product like it was the only thing that mattered on the planet. And that shit doesn't happen anymore. And um now you got these just fucking weirdos that just they want to be part of it in some facet, but like they it's too much. Like what they're doing is just I I can't imagine they're doing like any kind of audition or test run or anything because if the guy got on the mic and was like, "All right, for our next contest is uh, this this guy over here. He looks dangerous." Like, there's no way that they fucking was like, "Oh, yeah, you're the guy." Fucking all day, you're the fucking guy. Um. So, uh, Schlack and um, Dan O'Hare was one of the first matches. I don't know if it was the first match. Uh, I liked this match. I thought it was great. I think Schlack's an absolute fucking psycho for being right back out there as if like he needed a, a reason to be considered a psycho. But um, he to be right back out there after that fucking crazy ass fucking scar cut on his fucking face that I'm sure isn't fully healed by then. Um, and, you know, Dan fucking tore it up. Dan absolutely tore it up. I give, give him a ton of credit on this tournament. Um, I, didn't, again, didn't see all the matches. Uh, but I saw the Schlack match. I liked this one a lot. I thought they beat the shit out of each other. I heard Paul didn't like this fucking match, but I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. They did a lot of stuff. They did the handcuffed fucking, uh, uh, chair shots. They did, um, a lot of crazy shit, ton of, ton of good stuff. So I, I thought this was a good match. Um, Schlack, you know, continues to just not go over. I, not only, has he not won a tournament of death that I think he he absolutely deserves, but yeah, he hasn't won a first round match. Like, unless I'm wrong on that. I, I don't think he's won a first round match, which is fucking bizarre. Um, Jimmy Lyon. I fucking said that he wasn't ready for this shit from the start. Uh, fucking weird, but, um, here we are. Um, he wasn't fucking ready for it. Now, look, you you can do this shit where you, you go online, you go, oh, I'm fucking going to be crazy. I'm going to do all the craziest things in the world. I'm going to be so super fucking crazy. And, uh, um, I don't know. Anthony's saying DJ looks like he's at least going to get smarter about keeping his newer shows exclusive to the CZW network. Let me tell you something. You can keep that shit exclusive to the fucking camera you filmed it on if it's going to look like like the, you fucking dim the lights and you can't hear the fucking audio and all of that shit. You can just keep that shit on the camera exclusive to the asshole that filmed it because I don't give a fuck. No one's buying that shit. Who the fuck wants the CZW network? We have the CZW shows. Oh, yeah. We got WSU shows, too. Fucking roll out that $10. Like, what are you fucking... What are you, high? Like, why would you... That's crazy. Um, you know, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, so, what was I saying? Uh, so, Jimmy Lyon comes out there looking like shit, as I thought. Um, he's a nice guy. He's a really, really nice guy. He's another one of these, but he's a nice guy. He absolutely is. He's a fucking really nice guy. I know this shit meant a lot to him as far as his dreams and as far as being a CZW fan for years. But in the end, okay... What does that mean? Does that mean you're going to fucking run around the block five times before the show? 
like any time before the show, like uh, you're booked two months in advance. Did did you run one lap around your fucking block? Did you do ten push-ups in the entire time you were waiting for this fucking show to start? No. Oh, you just went online and asked the fans what they thought was really crazy, and you'd show up with that shit in your van. Okay. Well, you were fucking hurt within five minutes of the fucking match, and that was the end of that. And now, now you go home. So. He took, like, some silly-ass, like, fucking uh, Mark Henry slam-type shit from Connor to an open chair on the outside. I don't know if he hurt his ribs, elbow, what the fuck he hurt, but he was done. That was, that was the end of that. And they, they dragged him off to the fucking side, did a little fucking uh, pile driver on his van, because that was his big thing. And, you know, and that's the thing. Like, everything is so fucking telegraphed. This violence for the sake of violence shit is an enormous turnoff to me. Enormous fucking turnoff to me, because... Tremont started yelling that shit um, in GCW a little while back. I don't know if it was GCW that he started yelling at. He was yelling it at On Point. He was yelling at a lot of things. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I agree with Cornette on a lot of fucking things. I have recently become an enormous fan of, of Cornette, um, which I know does not land well with a lot of people out there. Um, I'm the worst wrestling fan in the history of fucking wrestling fans. I'll tell you straight up. I don't give a fuck about old school. I don't, I don't think I've watched a single match that fucking Cornette was, uh, was involved in. Like, I haven't seen a fucking single one of his old school matches with fucking Midnight Express, any of that shit. I, I, I was never into wrestling back then. Um, when I got into wrestling as a kid, it was WWF. It was the fucking Ultimate Warrior, that, that era. Um, when I hit my late teens, I became like a jerk-off, running around smoking, fucking drinking, doing that type of shit, trying out fucking drugs and stuff, so... I wasn't into wrestling for a good period there. Got back into it when it was like fucking, what the fuck was that? Like 97-ish, 96, 97-ish. So then like the Monday Night Wars were going on and I would catch some ECW. But that's what I was, I was a wrestling fan there. And then from there, you know, I went on from there. And I ended up catching up on, um fucking the indies when i got down here so it was like 2000 2001 um so i got into like that shit and then i caught up on some japan stuff again not not super well schooled or anything like that but that that's kind of like my history as a wrestling fan and I, i don't need anymore i don't need to go back to the fucking days where a headlock was a finisher and shit like that i don't give a fuck about it and um you're into it that's great but just and i I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fake the funk you know what i mean i'm not gonna be out here pretending like oh i know my shit this that fucking i only know what i'm talking about i only know what i'm telling you about that's it so you can go on there's there's plenty of nerd ass historian podcast that'll tell you exactly the fucking the amount of time that that this match went on for down to the fucking second i don't give a fuck it's not me so there's plenty of these, these nerd podcasts you want that shit they're out there. Um, they might lie to you about their fucking kids and uh, cancer and shit too, though. Um, so, but what I going back to the cornet thing is, look, I like that match wrestling, but I was so much more into the fucking build, the build that made you believe that these guys wanted to fucking kill each other. Um, people talk all of this shit about old school CZW. And how, uh, you know, DJ put more, so much more into it and this and that. It's so much more wrestling and this and that. And it's not all death matches. It was never all death matches. But let me tell you something. 
when John Zandig and Lobo fucking feuded and put on some of the best death matches I've ever fucking seen with Deja Vu and their Cage of Death fucking uh, blow off and, and that wife beater Zandig match in there. All that shit had build. All that shit had a reason. There was a reason for Lobo and Zandig to want to fucking murder each other in No Rope Barbed Wire in the Cage of Death. There was fucking reason behind all that shit. There was build to it. There was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Here we go with this motherfucker, man. He is he is going all in on these motherfuckers. Like, he, he is going to kill that guy because he tried to steal the fucking company from him. He tried to run him out of his own fucking company. He tried to fucking complete mutiny on this motherfucker he, he just tried to take over make it lobo's fucking company when when the first tournament of death happened even that had a fucking angle to it because lobo was in charge so this was zandig's fucking tournament of death if you look at the first one it was zandig's ultra violent tournament of death because it was something that he put together despite lobo being the fucking owner of the company there was a fucking reason there was a reason for it now we're screaming violence for the sake of violence, motherfucker. And again, I'm not just blaming Tremont, but he was real loud and proud about that shit when he started pumping that shit. And I don't like it. I didn't like it from the start because, again, it kills everything. Now all your spots are going away. Like, they're just fucking, they're not even being memorized. That's it. You're falling into fucking barbed wire. You, you, you're falling into tubes you're falling into razors you're falling into this and then the next match other people are falling into this they're falling into that they're falling into this motherfuckers just forgot the match before that these guys are living lifelong fucking scarred up and it's all for nothing it's not that shit happened to me during the feud of such and such and such and such so i don't agree with Cornette on the side of deathmatch wrestling is all garbage or mutilating their bodies but he does have a huge fucking point when it comes down to it doesn't mean anything. There's no, it's just doing it for the sake of doing it. And that's not a positive. Like to say that, oh, you know, violence for the sake of violence because people want to see death matches. You got to fucking slow down for a minute. You got to let it mean something. You could still get the craziest things in the world, but fucking demand that it means something. Because at the end of the day, when you watch that shit and you go home after the show, you're going to have a way better feeling. You're going to have a way better memory of it. Can Marcus Crane put on a fucking silly fucking death match and bleed all over the fucking place and, and fall into some of the most dangerous shit in the world? Absolutely. But if you thought that the fucking guy who was putting him in the fucking bird spikes hated his fucking guts and, and, and they, they built some kind of fucking angle where you believed, dude, he's really going to kill him. And he pulls that fucking thing you never saw before out and you're like, holy shit, he means business. These motherfuckers are hugging and kissing and selfieing and fucking hanging out in the fucking parking lot and all this other shit. So now you want me to take away what from that? I don't even remember who he was wrestling when he fucking hit those bird spikes. I remember the bird spikes because it was fucking crazy. I don't even remember who he was fucking wrestling. It doesn't matter anymore. You guys are removing all meaning from the death matches completely. And now there's fucking 85 death match tournaments out there. And none of it matters. It None of it fucking matters. Like I said, Tournament of Survival to me wasn't anything. Because it was just a bunch of people without personalities. You got three, four Japanese guys who can't speak a fucking whole lot of English. There's no build. There's no angle. There's no anything there. You got Orin Vite who's got barely any personality and shitty tattoos. You got fucking, um, who, who the fuck else was in there? Um, trying to think. Alex Cologne, you know, he fucking jumps on the ropes and shit and 
makes a couple little gestures and stuff, but he doesn't have a whole lot of like promo ability or anything like that. So there's, there wasn't a lot of build going on there. Uh, who else was there in the tournament? I, I forget. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Lloyd, who's just a fucking weirdo, takes scissors in himself for no reason. What's going on, Pierre? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, this is what it's come down to. And there's no build, there's no angle, there's no rhyme, there's no reason. And it's just like, people are really cutting themselves today. Like, yeah. And yesterday and the day before who the fuck cares anymore. You guys are throwing it all in the garbage. It's you're taking lifelong scars and making it mean nothing. And that for that reason, I will a hundred percent agree with Cornette on the shitty saying on that. I'll a hundred percent agree with the shitty saying on comedy wrestling. Because when it comes down to it, if there's some kind of comedy spot that's within an angle to make a joke out of this guy and then turn around in the end and then the fucking they get a payback for making a joke out of him, that's fine. But when you start off the match and like, yeah, this isn't serious at all. This is a guy with his hand in his pockets and he's just going to kick the other guy's ankles. And then uh, we're going to pretend like this is fucking viable. And then, you know, the super tough guy is going to fucking go for him. He's going to evade it. All match is just going to be silly shit. That's hard to believe. And if you like that, great. I mean, look, there's something for everybody out there. But this has all just been so watered down from that fight feel. It used to really be like, and even like, you know, the CCW matches, you would get fucking Kingston Hero. They they legitimately hated each other. But they hated each other in such a work environment where you knew these two are going to kill each other when they get in a fucking ring. But... I mean, they know how to fucking do it professionally. Um, I mean, some of the my favorite matches were, were that type of thing, you know? Uh, I mean, Carino and Homicide, that's another one, you know? And uh, it's just it's just gotten so fucking watered down at this point. What else did I want to see about Tournament of Death? Anything? Uh, like I said, uh, the dude... Jimmy Lyon never fucking trained, never did anything to really, like, pump himself up for the match other than just what kind of dangerous shit can I bring and fall on. And, um, you know, he got hurt. I hope the kids are right. But, you know, th- this is what happens. No one's no one's looking to prepare for anything. No one takes himself fucking seriously. And it's just one big fuck fest of everybody running around in, in horrible shape and encouraging each other to just keep doing that. Oh, it's all right. You don't need to be in, in bad shape and this and that. You don't need to be in good shape. Just fucking show up. I'm not in good shape either. Fucking everybody. Just show up. We'll just fucking, we'll just fall in shit, dude. Like, fuck, man. I, I haven't, I've actually rerouted my, my, um, my trip to get here. So I didn't even drive past the gym. Like I, I made sure that I didn't physically see a gym sign on the way here. I did like a Google map. You know how sometimes you like skip tolls. I made sure I skipped gyms in my route, so I didn't even see that shit. That's how dedicated to not doing shit I am. So, you know, <laughs> putting in that non-work is what I'm doing. Um, and then the finals was uh, um, Connor Claxton and Dan O'Hare. Um, well, actually, let me skip back real quick, too. Um, Jimmy Lloyd. This motherfucker... Um, he showed up with the CZW's pussy shirt on. Again, CZW is such a continuous laughing fucking stock that they're openly mocked on other shows, on their shows. Like the book, the guy that was talking shit about them last week. Connor's constantly taking shots at DJ and this and that. 
he's right back on the fight. He was just he was posting something online. I forget what the the quote was, but they were talking back and forth, and someone said something about DJ, and he said something like, "Oh, I don't want to be reminded of anything that has to do with him." And then like he's put over for tournament of death, like a month or two later. Like everything's just a joke. Everyone in the company talks shit about the company, talks shit about the fucking owner. He's a clown. He's an absolute clown. That's that's why everybody gets birthday pictures of DJ High because he's he's a running joke. That's what he is. Um, the bump, the final bump, was uh, fucking torn. Uh, the um, it was a what was it? A, like a side slam, like a fucking side slam off of the scaffolding into a barbed wire trampoline with explosives that of course exploded before they hit it. Um, every angle you see, it's like pops way before they hit it. So that looks like shit. I don't understand why no one is able to pull off an explosion or just bail on them because CCW every fucking time Xander will swing a bat fucking pops before he hits fucking DJ with it. Uh, fucking back tournament, uh, cage of death. One of the cage of deaths, they had a fucking explosion thing went off. Like no one was near it. Um, this thing went off on the way down, but fucking barbed wire trampoline, uh, man, the trampoline gives guys got to compensate for that shit. You got to figure that shit out. Do some kind of weight test on it or something. You're lucky. These fucking guys didn't die. They come off that shit. Fucking Dan hits the goddamn street. Like, fucking trampoline goes down he hits the fucking street and thank god he's all right i hit him up to ask him if he was good you know i'm expecting broken ribs fucking something nah he's good he's fucking hanging out after the show at the bar fucking just feeling a little sore he's an absolute fucking beast for that but um like i said thank god he's all right you know i mean you see these guys go out there and take these crazy things you don't want to see major fucking injuries but uh man that that was that was insane. So Connor Claxton wins tournament of death. Uh that that's kind of that. Uh they had a non tournament um uh uh fucking uh, the rep versus the uh fucking House of Glory guys. That seemed pretty decent from what I saw. A couple really cool looking spots, but um again, I, I didn't watch a ton of this. Like anyone you know, who continuously follows this shit when the fucking lighting is beat, the sound is beat. Like, you motherfuckers sound like an upstart company. Like, for us to watch something like this and be like, oh, don't worry, they're just getting started. I'm sure it'll get better. They're fucking 18 years in. There's no, there's absolutely no excuse for this shit anymore. Cut the bullshit. DJ, like, operates in an extremely condescending way. Um, Eddie uh, had posted in the Facebook earlier, um, formerly Chris Devine, uh, he had posted, you know, what would CCW have to do to get back to, uh, you know, what I like to support and what it, it, it's impossible because as I explained last week, um, DJ head's not cool. He's the guy who walks by a group of kids, hears a couple words and then tries to fucking spit them out to the next group of kids. Like he's in with the crew, you know what I mean? Like, isn't that funky fresh? Like that's that, that's that guy. He's not going to put on a fucking product that is just fucking cool as shit. Like, the only thing that could happen is is they get a booker who's cool and then puts out a product that's fucking, that's some level of badass. But behind it is going to be DJ. He's still going to make it fucked up. He's going to get his hands on it and fuck it all up. It's just, it's the end. It's, it's the fucking end. Uh, he's completely checked out. 
I mean, let's be real. Look at all the things he's done and the the attention to detail. There is none. There there is none. And it's it's again eighteen years in the tournament of deaths. They've twenty years in the fucking company. DJ hasn't been there for that many years, but you know what I mean. The company's existed for that long, and the amount of steps backwards they've taken in production, it, it, it's insane. Yeah, it, it, you know. But uh, that that's tournament of death for what it's worth. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, um, fucking Shane Mercer, Chris Dickinson. I watched this match. Um, I tuned in on it. I, I was hoping to see it because uh, I saw like the little bit of build they were doing for that. And it's like simple shit like this that it's all you need. It's all you need. Like a fan had posted something like, oh, look at fucking uh, the dirty daddies out there in fucking uh, Disney World with his friends while I'm in the gym, while uh, Shane Mercer's in the gym breaking personal records and shit. And Chris Dickinson posts some shit like, oh, this fucking guy just got you killed. Like, fucking, I take a day to hang out with my friends and you think this is a joke, this and that. So, like, all of a sudden this shit's personal and Shane didn't even say anything. And this match came off like the shit was personal. Like, I I didn't expect it to go this way. I gotta be honest, Chris Dickinson's one of my absolute favorite guys in wrestling. He's one of the few people that are actually holding up that side of wrestling that is still believable that the fucking that shit might go down in this even if he has respect for the other guys like he had with damn mop they beat the shit out of each other that was real shit right there that was the wrestling that i fucking like now this this was going in that direction and but shane couldn't fuck with with chris (laughs) shane couldn't hang with chris at all um Shane did some powerful moves, some some real impressive powerful moves, man. For a guy as big as Chris Dickinson, Shane Mercer was fucking flinging him around when he picked him up like it was no no fucking problem. But every time they got in a strike exchange, he wasn't he wasn't fucking with Chris. Um, Chris would start lighting him up. Shane would do one of those like cop out fucking knee to the gut, let's end this fucking exchange type deals. You know what I mean? He was doing that shit every time. He'd hit with Dickinson with a kick. Dickinson would no sell it. Hit him with a kick, and that was the end of that fucking strike exchange. Like he didn't want to fucking go back at all anymore. Um, and Dickinson, man, he he fucking ripped his dude up. And um, after the match, fucking showed him like no respect. It was just like, yeah, like yeah, I see you out there doing big things in the gym, but uh, you know, just just a little word of wisdom from the dirty daddy. It's gonna take more than the gym to get it done carry on and he just like tells him like yeah fuck off and, and that was that shit right there man um it, it, it was just like yo dickinson just handled this big giant motherfucker who's bench pressing 500 fucking pounds and, and treated him like you know like it was that aids kid jumped in the ring like holy shit man like that was some real shit um and look i i love mercer i, I think he's an absolute beast uh, this this was definitely a little bit of an exposing kind of match because when when Dickinson got into them fucking strikes with him, it it was like fucking game over. There was there was no competing at that point. Um, yeah, like I said, I expect a little bit more out of, out of Mercer out of this match, but it was very clear who the dominant force in that fucking match was. So um, yeah, man. Like I said, a uh, big fucking shout out to uh, Chris Dickinson. He is a savage. He is one of the best 
motherfucking believable wrestlers. He's the most believable wrestler in the business as far as I'm concerned. Um, he fucking delivers when he goes out there. Um, I don't think anyone in the business could hang with him strike-wise. I really don't. Um, it, it, especially if he wants to prove a point. If he wants to go out there and really, like, prove a point striking-wise, like, he's going to fuck somebody up. Like, there's no question about it. Um, but, yeah, his promos, the way he comes across as, as, as um, like, not giving a fuck about his opponent. So, a lot, a lot more of that is needed, guys fucking high five in the locker room like stop with the fucking giving each other respect and credit and hugging and and all that bullshit man stop with the fucking smiling like just just kick the ever-loving shit out of each other um so uh so yeah that that was that match i highly recommend checking that out uh beyond uh i forget what the fuck the name of the show was but i'm sure you can find it uh shane mercer chris dickinson um all right I got a ton of fucking non-wrestling shit to go into here, so, um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch some of that, uh, Fighter Fest tomorrow, I think, uh, at least I think, um, yeah, I, I'm not reading off the card of that, I don't really give a shit, uh, Moxley and Janela, uh, they turned into, like, a no-DQ deal or whatever, um, because, honestly, like, that's the only way Janela actually getting over, um, He's there's there's no way for him to get himself over without making it like a no DQ match and him taking a bunch of stupid bumps all over the place. Um, he's obviously nothing but a stepping stone for fucking John Moxley. Moxley's already like lined up to fight Omega. You know you're not gonna have fucking um. You're not gonna have uh what do you call it uh. Any kind of uh. I, I can't even see a build with Janela. Like, if anything, he comes out of that match with respect because he almost dies. But really, they, they have, like, a four-way going that's kind of like their main contenders, which is um, Hangman Page and um, Jungle Boy and MJF and Jimmy Havoc, which, again, like, <laughs> yo, you got to listen to Cornette talk about motherfuckers like uh, – like Jimmy Havoc saying his fucking arms look like fucking Twizzlers and like this shit is funny, man. Um, he went in about Sammy too. Um, cause Sammy, you know, Sammy went on that shit, uh, went on an interview type thing, talked all the shit about Cornette, uh, went in back in about this fucking sunny kiss thing and how, how offended he is. But on the other side, thinks nobody should be offended by anything in wrestling it's crazy. Sammy, Sammy has gone in a terrible direction. He's fat as fuck again, which Cornette pointed out. He said, this guy, this guy said, uh, Sammy's got furniture disease where his Chester in his, is in his drawers. <laughs> like, yeah, I never heard that shit before. That's hilarious. He's got furniture disease. Um, Cornette's a slick motherfucker, man. Um, again, you don't have to agree with every fucking thing he says, but he speaks his fucking mind. He's straight up about his shit. He's unapologetic. And I respect that because how many people are really like that? Everyone's just trying to be in good with everybody. So, but when he goes out there, he talks what the fuck he feels and, and that's that. And and I agree with a lot of it. I agree with Sammy looking like shit. I agree with um him being delusional. And when, when everything's comedy wrestling and everything's, everything's for nothing. There's no build. There's no angle. There's no explanation. And that was one of his biggest points on the whole battle Royal thing. It wasn't that someone needs to explain this gay guy to me. It was like, 
Nobody explained the guy with the dinosaur mask. Nobody explained the guy with the fucking, uh, nobody explained the fucking guy with, um, the, the, the yellow stuff, the, the guy with the fucking, uh, the, the baby oil, the guy, the, the, the guy that's, that's fucking the, the gay guy to this guy to that guy. Nobody explained any of them. And that was his point on that. And then it becomes Sammy Callahan going, Oh, now someone needs to explain a homosexual man to Jim Cornette because he's a bigot. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, this is crazy. This is fucking crazy. The the forced outrage out of every fucking buddy when there's nothing to be outraged by. Like, it's just crazy. So, uh, Sammy spit on Cornette. Um, I guess Sammy fucked some shit up in the building, and now he's gone from MLW. So, uh, you know, it, it just... It shows, you know, who the um, the veteran in the business is and, and who the guy who's just not growing up. He's just going to keep entitling himself. And, uh, you know, just that type of shit. It, it's it's uh, it's kind of bizarre that um, everything has just gone in this direction. Um, what else did uh, was I... I think I was on something else and I fucking lost my place there, but, um, yeah, I don't know, um, but I recommend listening to the fucking Cornets thing, um, he's gonna review the Fighter Fest thing next week, um, I'm gonna watch, I, I definitely wanna see, uh, Darby Allen and, um, Cody Rhodes, um, I'm a big Darby Allen fan, um, and, you know, obviously Cody could fucking go. And anyone who thinks Darby's just into falling into shit and you're not going to get anything else out of him, watch watch his ability, man. He has skyrocketed since I had him on the show when he first blew up from taking all those Ethan Page bumps. And um, I just started watching a lot of his stuff since then. And his fucking, his ability in ring is fucking crazy. He's got that, like, that lucha shit down. He's really quick. He's precise with his shit. He's very good. Very, very good. Um, so uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, you know, the, the Lucha Brothers, all of that. Um, it's going to be really good. I just, again, I, I don't care about a lot of shit these days. Um, definitely want to see the Moxley Janela thing. Um, you know, uh, Moxley or uh, Janela keeps saying, he, like, when he dies in the ring, it'll, he'll uh, cement his legacy. So I just hope that he, you know, he, he fulfills his dreams. He, he keeps saying he wants to die in the ring. So look, I, I want what he wants. That's you, you can't uh, you can't get upset about me if uh, he's saying he wants it to. So um, you know, there's that. I'll uh, I'll watch that. But that that's pretty much it. There's a fucking Modelo commercial, right? This fucking thing drives me nuts. I don't know if I got any more wrestling. Um, this thing drives me fucking nuts. It starts out talking about this woman who was in the war. Got her fucking legs blown off. And she got like fucking prosthetics and now races fucking triathlons and uh, fucking swims across the ocean. And then, and then they just bring it to a head and they're like, so Modelo, we, we stand for people uh, overcoming obstacles. Like, what the fuck? You are not primarily selling it to fucking W amputee fucking war veterans who are swimming across the oceans. You're primarily fucking selling to fucking people who are drinking themselves unconscious in their fucking yard like there's no way that your business is staying afloat by fucking double amputee triathletes what the fuck does one have to do with the other 
it's like Modelo. Uh, it, it's a, it's um, I think a Mexican beer, Shaheen. Um, but yeah, like it's the craziest thing ever. You just look and you're like, oh man, that's some inspiring shit right there. Look at her go, man. Oh fuck, man, she served the country. Fucking came back from that. She could just lounge, you know, with her accomplishments in life. Nah, fuck that. She's still pushing the limits. Fucking double amputee. Look at her fucking running, riding a bike. She's swimming across the goddamn ocean. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and fucking, they're like, Modelo. That's what we're all about. Like, what the fuck? How'd they let this motherfucker, these motherfuckers piggyback on, on this motherfucking war hero? <laughs> this shit is crazy. That's crazy as hell. Um... So I can't stand that fucking commercial. Um, um, what else? Bear versus frog. Let's let's just real quick get into this, man, because I've had this uh this situation for years now. Sugar smacks, honey smacks, call it whatever you want. Um, and golden crisp. And you got the bear, you got sugar bear, and you got the frog. Dig them fuck out of here. Diggum acts like he's got a fucking brain injury. He acts like half of these fucking indie wrestlers. He just runs around saying his stupid little catch for Diggum, Diggum, you know, like he's, he's, he's something wrong with this motherfucker. Sugar Bear is acting smooth as fuck. He's like Barry White with cereal. Yeah, you know I mean, like he's walking around like pulling bitches. Like they, they shut the commercial off before the real shit goes down with Sugar Bear because he is, he's on his fucking game. Like, make no mistake about that. But let's get right into the actual fucking cereal. And again, sugar smacks, honey smacks. The only fucking consistent thing there is smacks. And and if you're buying that and preferring that, then you should be smacked. You know what I mean? That, that's that's why they're going with the smacks. That's the one consistent thing there. Golden Crisp is the fucking cereal. And, and Crisp is, is a big part of why. The fucking the, the sugar smacks, the frog, the motherfucker is stale as fuck. Shit shows up out of the factory stale. Shit is chewy. It's fucking garbage. But fucking sugar bear, man, that shit is crispy. That shit is right. You know what I mean? So when I put up this uh, bear or frog situation, um, you know, that's that's what I mean. I'm very I'm dedicated to this cause. Um, and actually, even if you look down like the Funko Pops, right? Sugar bear, I think, will cost you about 15 bucks. You can get the frog for fucking six bucks. Even that shit knows the deal. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand Tony the Tiger's in the fucking hundreds and I can't get him, but, you know, you see where I'm going with this. Um, so, uh, that that's my thing with that. Um, dance recitals are fucking crazy. They're, they're fucking absolute torture. I was at one of these on a fucking Sunday, right? After my race. And... This shit was like four hours and 15 minutes, right? Four hours and 15 minutes. You understand that people complain about the length of the fucking Avengers. This is no Avengers. This is no Avengers at all. There's like, there's like an eight-year-old girl that, that looks and is built like Chris Farley. And she's in like fucking 14 numbers. There's, there's a boy that looks like Chris Farley too. There's like it's like that Chippendale sketch. It's like multiple ones of those. And and these, you know, look, if you took, uh, okay. So if you go to like a middle school, elementary school talent show, shit's like two hours. Um, now if you made it four hours, 
and let's just remove the word talent because we might as well just remove the word talent. It, it's bludgeoning four hours. These people who, who are into this, these dance moms, they're mental. They should be arrested. It's crazy. It's absolutely torturous. Four hours for anything is insane. It's insane. Like that's half of my fucking work day. And, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like 31 numbers, 31 motherfucking numbers. That's, that's what this shit was. So, um, that, that'll be the last one of those that I ever attend. Um, no, all the kids were terrible. Uh, Nina's saying, oh my God, not all the kids were that bad. So like there was one kid, he was a luchador. Um, he was flipping. Um, he was like, uh, like the amazing red out there. Like he was doing crazy shit. Um, back flipping, cartwheeling, no hand cartwheeling. He was dope with that, you know? So he was in a handful of numbers and shit. And he was like the star of the show. He was like flipping around all in the middle and shit. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of little kids just doing a little floss dance and fucking running back and forth. And like some kids just like trail off and they just start like walking in another direction and shit. But it's like, oh, look how cute. Um, here's the thing. It's cute when it's your kid. I was fucking tuned right in when my kids, I, my kids were like scattered through the show. They all had one number each out of 31. So, um, you know, and they danced for a combined total of probably like six minutes, like all three different dances. So, um, what I, my kids are on there fucking focus, laser focus, watching. What's not, you know what I mean? I'm all in with this. Okay. As soon as my kids are, I don't give a fuck about your kids. Like if I was at a friend's house and they said, you got to see this dance, this little dance my kid does. I'd be like, you know, and they call the kid from down, Hey, come do that dance. I don't want to do the dance. I'd be like, just leave them alone. Don't worry. It's all right. I don't, I don't need to see the dance. I don't need to see that. This is four hours of seeing that dance. Yeah, I mean, this is like fucking, I don't even understand. Um, they must live in palatial estates because they take like 300 kids fucking money. Well, their parents money and, and just be like, yeah, you're doing your, your best. You're fucking awesome. This and that, like at best, most of these kids are going to be fucking, um, most of these kids are going to grow up to like dance drunk at a wedding at best. Like that's, that's the most dancing they'll do in their lifetime. It'll be like the one that turns up at a wedding. You know what I mean? But it won't be like professional. None of this shit is going to go on. It, 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 this is fucking crazy. It's absolutely bizarre. You, you're sitting here and, and just like another number goes on and another number goes on. There is a point where the, now, now you just start to die. You start to die sex songs. It must have been like the 26th, 28th fucking song in there. And I hear a line that goes like, nobody's getting out of here alive. And I'm like, please fucking God, let this song be what's actually going to happen. Although, like, 28 numbers in, I'm like, Jesus, I mean, you could have done that fucking number, too. Like, a, an active shooter walks in here, and I'm, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to blame him. You know what I mean? I'm not, not the, just the direction I would go. I wouldn't say, like, hey, he made a smart decision. But I go, like, uh, you know. Um, it's rough. It's fucking rough. And the thing is, is, like, you know, I, I saw some parents, like, oh, my kid's number three out of 31. So I was fucking watching a kid at number three. And we're out of here. You know I mean, four hours later, I'm still fucking there because I got a kid in the beginning, kid in the middle, kid in the end. This shit is like a marathon. Like, it's crazy as hell. I I am going to be doing this show for less than two hours. Imagine this shit twice this long and only being small children dancing. Like, this is the wildest shit ever. Like, imagine seeing a little kid dancing everywhere and being like, I want to see four hours of that shit. Um, so, um, 
Yeah, that that's fucking brutal, man. I I did a race the day before, and this was way more painful. Way way more painful. Um, Savage race the day before had nothing on this fucking uh, this experience. Um, what the fuck else? Oh, so then we get four hours done with this shit, right? Now these motherfuckers want to thank everybody in their life. Like, this shit's over. 31 numbers. 31 numbers. And they're like, all right, now we're going to do the awards. Oh, my fucking God. And they want to go into, like, I knew you since you were born. I remember the first shit you took. It was fantastic. And now look all this time later. You're back flipping and kicking in the air. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you and this and that. Let me tell you a couple stories about when he was two. And I'm like, holy shit, this kid's got to be like fucking 19 years old now. Like, I got a long way to go before the end of this fucking speech. So then, uh, oh, and the seats were trash. Yeah, one. I, I don't know how the fuck you know that the seats were not comfortable. Although, I don't know. I'd say most seats are not comfortable for you. You're a big guy. Um, but, um, so they're giving out these fucking awards and they're giving like this speech like, like he's going off to Iraq. Like this fucking kid is just like leaving the fucking, he's just leaving the building. Like I hope to be in fucking any minute now. <laughs> and like, you're getting in the same car when you leave this motherfucker. Most likely Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, they're fucking talking and talking and they got awards for everyone and sweatshirts, the big fucking sweatshirt. They have this other thing where you had to vote on the back of the fucking ticket for who the best dance of the fucking 31 of these things were. Obviously, everyone's voting for their kids, so I don't know who the fuck's voting legitimately. These are the people who need to be locked up because they don't have, like, a kid in it. They're, they're legitimately voting for, like, the best number out of 31. Those are the people who should be arrested because they're there for the entertainment, which is just bizarre. Like, I can't even fucking fathom. You think I'm critical about wrestling? <laughs> like, this this shit here. Um, so, um, they're like, yeah, you're right on the back of the ticket, and... Uh, yeah, Nina's talking about there used to be more awards. I mean, there used to be more suicides in New Jersey, too. So, I mean, if you, you fucking do the math on that. Um, so, there was actually, like, a catwalk that went around the fucking top of the thing that, like, held, like, the lighting rigs and stuff. And I was looking up, like, how do I get up there to fucking plunge to my death before this fucking thing is over? Because I feel like that's a good enough height to end this fucking experience for me. Um, I didn't really do enough of the math to make that happen. Um, but you know, it was, it was a thought that crossed my mind. Um, so then you're supposed to write on the back of the ticket and then they're going to vote on it and they're saying, yeah, and the winner will get a special prize, a very special award. (laughs) They busted out a fucking box of blow pops for the motherfucking number that won. Like, yo, stop playing with me, man. Like I'll buy my kids blow pops on the way home and they're the winner too. Now, uh, I propose this. Uh, to Nina on on the way home, well uh, during the show and then again on the way home. Um, this was this is before when we got in the car. I told them when we get home, I just need you guys to never talk to me for the rest of my life. <laughs> but um, so um, what I proposed was, look, this thing was four hours and change. Uh, my kids danced for a total of six fucking minutes. If you added all that together, that's not okay to me. Now, I'll dedicate an hour and a half of my time, each kid, a half hour solo. And look, we can negotiate. If you need more time for your dance, we can negotiate, you know, half hour each. I'll sit in the living room, dance your motherfucking ass off, pick your style of dance, switch it up in the middle, do whatever you want to do. 
I'll bring my fucking puppets out here. We'll have like an audience. We'll, we'll, we'll really make this shit special. We'll flicker the lights on and off if you need to. We'll do whatever we got to do. Half hour each, hour and a half. I'm still gaining two and a half hours of my fucking life back as opposed to this fucking thing. And the amount of more dancing you're doing is like substantial, quite substantial. So that's my proposal for this next year thing. So I could skip what the fuck I was doing. And then, yeah, but that I'm not, I'm not trying to hear what they're going to do next year. Like I said, hour and a half living room. We're good. Um, if you want to do the, maybe an outside thing, we get a fire going in the backyard. The chickens will start clucking and stuff. It'll even be a bigger audience. You got 12 chickens, two ducks, six pigeons. Yeah. You know I mean, that's quite an audience. They make noise. Fucking should it be dope. Um, so yeah, um, for the kids, um, so yeah, uh, I guess we'll go into the, uh, Spartan race, uh, not Spartan race. I didn't do a Spartan race this year. Um, Savage race. So I came in 244 out of 1,198. No, no. 1,998. So it was like just under 2,000. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I did pretty good. I had a lot of fun at it. It burned my motherfucking arms up. Um, my, my forearms were killing me and, um, it, you know, my fingers are fucking, I don't know why my fingers are real banged up like this fucking week. Um, my left one's feeling all right, but my right one's a little more fucked up right now. But, um, I liked it a lot. Uh, there were a lot of like really innovative obstacles, um, I crushed 98% of it. There was two I would consider that I kind of failed. The one, like, not really. Um, I got to the end and got to the fucking, um, the rope. There were, it was, you know, it was kind of a flawed obstacle because, uh, there was a couple of those that, like, by concept, they were amazing. But then, like, when you got into, um, like, the, the schematics of it, like, not that great. There was one, there were, like, wheels like uh, metal wheels and you had to grab onto them and they turned, which I've done things like that in um, bone frog. But these, like your legs were hanging in the water. Like that's how close it was to the water. So there was no way to really avoid that. So you kind of like use the water to kind of like kick yourself through to the next. So that was tough because like the water kind of like held you back a little bit. Um, and it's hard. Like if you pull your knees up to try to do like fucking, transitioning like that it's 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 not that easy so um that was tough and i got all the way to the end you're supposed to um go like it's like five wheels and i got through all five wheels and then from the last wheel there's like a way high like hanging rope that's on like an angle and i got a hand on that and that like the land is right there that's that's where you exit and i got a hand on that and as i went to pull my second hand off i slipped off the rope and was like fucking on the land in like a half a second because it was right there so again i technically failed on that because i i don't think i was supposed to be you know in the water at all i I probably should have been able to climb on that rope for another like one foot really but um that um but i definitely failed on this other peg wall which was partially because i i um underestimated it and you should never do that shit um don't get overconfident on shit um I've done a bunch of these things in the Spartan races, and they're called, like, Z-Walls. I think they got one on the uh, Tough Mudder, too. And they're, like, wooden blocks, and they're, they're like, one will be at an angle this way, one will be at an angle this way. 
And you got to, like, go across the wall, like, holding these motherfuckers like this. And they'll be, like, one on the bottom, one on the top. So you got to, like, walk on this fucking wall while holding these tiny little blocks, like, this big. And the same thing on your feet. Like, you can only step on these tiny little blocks. And you got to go, like, around the corner on all the, the Spartan ones and the Tough Mudder ones. So I've gotten used to doing those, and they're tough. But so I saw this and it not, it didn't have the blocks, but it was a straight wall, no, no turns. And it had like those, those climbing grips. So I thought, oh man, we're fucking good on this one. But they're metal climbing grips and they weren't all the same. They were all very different. So I underestimated that and I got like fucking 80% in. I had like two sets of grips left and I fucking slipped. The one I grabbed didn't have enough like a lip on it. And I just fucking, I kind of switched up the way that I was going because I, I had to keep my hips close to the wall through most of it. And I was doing that the, the, the right way all the way through. I think I lost patience or focus or some kind of shit towards the end. And I was a little bit more straight up instead of being like frogged, like kind of like frogged out. And, uh, and I just lost the fucking grip on the one and it just fucking fell. So that sucked. Uh, I don't like failing on any fucking thing, but, uh, you know, again, I did fucking pretty great on time. I was very, very happy. You know, 244 out of almost 2,000. That, that's pretty good, you know. Um, their pictures were fucking amazing. I just got those two nights ago. Um, so, you know, I posted them on Facebook and all that. But uh, Nina did a great job with pictures out there. And then on top of that, their fucking photographers were, were phenomenal. Um, the pictures I got back from them were fucking dope. So I'm um, really looking forward to uh, what I have left. I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to make this uh, world championship in Vermont. I want to badly financially. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I, I really want to try to make that happen still. Um, I, every time I like think about it, I, it just fucking upsets me if I'm not going to do it. Um, partially, part of my reason for not doing Spartan races this year was the Savage race that I just did because it always falls on the same weekend. And part of the reason was to try to do the world championship in August. So um, I, I'm still not completely calling that off. Um, I got Tough Mudder next month, Long Island. Uh, hopefully the world championship in Vermont and finishing the season with um, another uh, bone frog. So that way I can complete their trident. Um so, uh, yeah, it's like kind of like a trifecta type of thing, but it's like they're, uh, I already did the big part of it. The, um, the, what the fuck is that tier one, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully I'll be doing that. I'm not, again, I'm not counting, I'm not counting out that world championship because, uh, that shit sounds dope to me. And, um, uh, yeah, it's one of those definitely have to do it at least once. I don't know if I can make a yearly trip out there, but but I've worked fucking hard for this and I, uh, I really want to knock that off my list to have done the world championship. Um, so, you know, is what it is. We'll, we'll see what goes on. Um, I'm pretty sure on the first, uh, bone frog I did, I qualified for it cause I think it was third in my age group. Um, but either way I could either enter the open or via the, the way that I qualified. Um, but you know, uh, we'll find out. We we still got some time between now and then. Um, I want to talk real quick about the fucking puppet prices, man. Uh, 
Someone posted this fucking thing on Facebook on one of the puppet things, and they were justifying just about $5,000 puppets. And talking about how, like, like itemizing it. But it sounds like a goddamn doctor bill, the way that they were itemizing it. They were saying, like, yeah, like, your work should be this and this. Uh, research and development, they put $880 on that. Like, they should be charging $880 for research and development. Now, mind you, $210 is what they were saying was the fucking materials. So, if you're actually physically spending $210, I'm not saying your time's worth nothing. I, I'm I'm just saying, like, if you're spending $210, you're somehow getting, like, a $4,000, almost, I mean, closer to $5,000 profit off of this shit? Are you fucking mental? Like, come on, guys. Like, you know, and, and I, you know, so I brought up, you know, because this guy's, like, being super condescending, and I'm like, well, you know, no, that that's kind of fucking crazy, $800 for research and development. You're already charging $2,200 for your fucking, your your build time. You can't add looking up how to fucking do it or, or creating a pattern as your fucking, like, what the fuck is that? Like, everything is, like, so itemized to the point where it's, like, Fucking eight hundred dollars here, fucking three hundred dollars here, uh, you know, another fucking two hundred dollars for coffee during your fucking like just crazy shit. And the thing to me is like puppetry is such a lost and and dying or dead art. It's so few and far between to even see people who do puppetry. It's so hard to find. You know, the Muppet stuff, like it's it's such like a it, it's so missing from the entertainment of, you know, children and, and just overall, like the, the variety show level stuff that the Muppet show was doing back then, the parodies on movies they would do back then, the amount that puppets played into movies in general, like any kind of monster movies, any kind of, um, you know, like your gremlin movies, your this, your that, like the, the, this shit involved like such great puppetry and really made a difference because it, it looked so much more lifelike than your CGI or CGI looks, everything's a fucking cartoon. Now these Spider-Man movies, they just look like a fucking cartoon Spider-Man. It's like Roger Rabbit. It's like a, which I love Roger Rabbit. Don't get me fucking wrong. But Spider-Man is just like a cartoon flying around through a bunch of fucking regular people. And it doesn't even look like in sync with what's going on. So with these fucking, these puppet builders trying to price this shit out and they're like, oh, if you don't like it, go to, go to fucking toy store and, and uh, rip the stuffing out of Tickle Me Elmo and get that, like, no asshole. Like, my most expensive puppet is uh, Artie. He's my, um, he's my werewolf. And he was like 800 something dollars. I mean, he's got hand carved teeth. Um, you know, all of my guys got blinking eyes, except for the kids, uh, the little ones, they, they have, uh, non-blinking eyes. Uh, they were a little bit, uh, they, they were, uh, a little bit less money because, you know, they're for my twins and, um, but you know, blinking eyes, perking ears, fucking, uh, Artie has a snarling lip. You could like snarl his lip a little bit. Like there's, there's work put into this motherfucker. 800 fucking something dollars, you know? And and that's like, again, I, I, some people might look at like $800 for a puppet. Like to me though, that's, that's what that is worth. That's, that's, and look, 
They do amazing work. Can they go charge more? Sure, but they would have priced me right the fuck out of owning puppets. When I started looking things up and I started looking at Muppet replicas when I first got into the puppets, they were. They were fucking two grand for a fucking uh, Kermit. Okay, well, unless I could perfectly nail a Kermit voice, the fuck am I going to do with that? Unless I could perfectly nail a fucking voice of whatever I buy, the fuck am I going to do with that? Because I'm going to sound ridiculous if I do a lame-ass voice with a puppet that cost me fucking two grand. So that doesn't make any sense to even go at. It would be great looking sitting on a shelf, but I can't do a lot more with it. So I might as well buy a posable if I'm going to actually get um, like legitimate Muppet replicas because I'm not, you know, I'm not that well versed. I could do a little half-ass Kermit, but you know, nothing amazing, nothing like, oh, it sounds just like him. I'm like, fuck out of here. So, um, you know, when I started looking at puppets and professional grade puppets, I stumbled upon Luna's puppets. And the whole thing was, was, when you looked at their, their whole, uh, you know, mission statement, it was like they were looking for puppets for their daughter at some point, And everything was crazily priced, not what they were looking for, out of range, this, that. So he started, uh, this guy, Kevin Gorby, he started building his own fucking puppets. And uh, they, they started getting requests from all their friends to, to build puppets the way that they were building puppets. Like, hey, like we would love that for our kids. So then they started building them, charging their friends and this and that. Before you knew it, they were getting requests from all over the place. Now they're building puppets professionally, and it it is opened. You understand the type of memories that fucking will be built in my kids' lives from from having professional grade puppets in the house. I have I have memories of the Muppet Show. I didn't have Muppets in my house, so the type of thing that that creates, the value that's put in that. You know, to to be a puppet builder and open the world to that, to keep this shit affordable in a way where, yeah, you have to invest some hundreds of dollars and everything like that, but, like, fucking five grand? Like, dude, come on. Like, I get, like, fucking $10,000 in my yearly tax return. If I fucking, like, knocked half of that off because I wanted a fucking Kermit doll, I'd be an asshole. You know, like, uh, if I wanted a, a fucking Kermit puppet, uh, you know, for that that amount of money like that doesn't make any fucking sense so but these people are incredibly fucking arrogant and uh they they really start like you know oh well you know this is this is what's wrong but here's the thing kevin gorby and the fucking luna's puppets out there they fucking they kick ass they are out there fucking making many many puppets and doing fucking work and putting in countless fucking hours and that's the thing if you're selling a $500 puppet and an $800 puppet and you're moving fucking five of those in a fucking week, well, now you're making fucking money. If you're one fucking asshole that's fucking rolling off fucking edibles and putting in a couple hours here and there, and at the end of fucking four months, you're finally done with this fucking puppet and your payoff is fucking $5,000, well, then then you could take your fucking time. You could do it in your spare time. And you could tell people, oh, this is why it's worth that. It's obnoxious. It's completely obnoxious. For anyone to build something that gets you a $4,000 profit on $200 worth of materials, it's just fucking obnoxious. But this this is, again, you know, so much of how uh, this fucking world operates right now is just, just over-the-top fucking... Uh, everyone's justifying their own ridiculous behavior, and then you get a bunch of other people to show up and pat you on the back and be like, yeah, fuck those people. They don't understand. But whatever. So big shout out to Luna's Puppets. Um, so anyway, uh, check out. I got your five stars with Jeremy. And uh, 
He's over there kicking ass, doing his fucking thing, getting ramped up for his, uh, he's taking a trip down to, uh, the, I think it's Scenic City Invitational, is that what it's called? I think. I don't know. Um, he's really hyped up for that. Uh, Southern Underground Pro, I believe it's called. Uh, he's, he's in with those guys, doing his thing, and, um, yeah, so check him out. Um, THT Podcast is dead. Um, so basically... Um, some things happened and, um, Shaheen parted way, ways with, uh, the hot tag podcast. They went, um, Boxman says four and a half years and Shaheen says six years. I don't know how many years it's been. I know, uh, next month I'm hitting nine years with this. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, they were always really good to me. Shaheen's my boy. Box was always really good to me. He's always done, you know, everything he can to help me with my, um, my technological, um, mild retardation that I have. I, I am not very good at, uh, anything technology wise, um, computers, anything like that. And he's always been fantastic at just helping me walk through any kind of thing. So I, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. Uh, you know, he screwed some things up with the, uh, you know, the podcast over there that, that, uh, caused a little bit of a rift. Shaheen to go in another direction, but it is what it is. Um, he's starting up a new podcast called, um, Dirt Sheet Dudes with, I think, Anthony. Um, so, yeah, uh, so check him out. Um, my boy Shaheen is, uh, doing wrestling od or wrestling overdose uh on the wrestling soup uh network fucking uh feed podcast universe something um he did one episode with uh joe numbers and he's doing another one next week with myself so i'm looking forward to being a part of that always love doing shows with shaheen and uh, it'd be cool on another, uh, you know, another network, another uh, set of ears listening to me talk my shit. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot more people hating me. Maybe five, six more people liking me. Who knows? Uh, yeah, you could hope. Um, but is what it is. I'll do what I do. Um, we'll obviously have some fighter fest to talk about, but I can't imagine me watching this whole show. So we'll have some other things. We'll get some other topics together and we'll, we'll do what we've been doing. So I think that's about all I got. Uh, there's a bunch of Laker talk about uh, possibly getting Kawhi. Kawhi's going to be over there uh, talking to the Lakers in the next couple of days. Man, if you get Kawhi Leonard, fucking AD, and LeBron in there, y'all can talk all that shit you want about LeBron needing all the stars and this and that. This is how the league is. The Warriors were dominant beyond dominant. They won the championship and then got Durant and then won a championship and then got fucking uh, – got boogie. I, I don't want to hear about motherfuckers stacking teams up. This is what you need to do to compete with the fucking warrior squad. And now the warrior squad is all banged up and down and out. Um, they're talking about offering KD an insane amount of money, but I mean, he's, he's one of the absolute best players in the league. He deserves it. Uh, whether he comes back from this injury, uh, feeling good. Um, oh yeah. Um, I didn't check out that dream. Oh yeah. I did. did I? Yes, I did. What the fuck? Uh, the Tommy Dreamer podcast, uh, I, I saw like a link on the thing that was saying, uh, Tommy Dreamer considered jumping the guardrail 
blowing fucking Paul Heyman's brains out at WrestleMania and fucking hitting his pose and blowing his own brains out. Like, he, he legitimately considered this. He said he was in Texas, had a gun, was, like, 10 minutes from the arena, and, like, legitimately con- contemplated this shit. Holy fuck. Like, that's wild. Um, talk about the innovator of violence. That's some innovative shit right there. Um, goddamn. Yeah, there's some wild shit going on in wrestling out there. Um, and I guess other people are putting different spins on it and this and that, but that's 100% what he said. Um, you know, I, I listened to his podcast today. I skimmed through it. Um, I got to that part and listened to that whole part. He, like, plays, like, his fucking entrance song every two minutes. And then, uh, you know, does plugs and uh, um, ads and, you know, all of that stuff. But, but yeah, he yeah he was, he was 100% serious. Like, Paul Heyman fucked over that ECW crew and was taking money from Vince the whole time while he was telling them like, yeah, we're, we're against Vince. We're the, we're the, uh, we're the rival company. We're the outlaws. We're going to do our fucking thing. And, uh, you know, no one's going to stop us and we're going to take over. We're, we're a different brand of what Vince was. And he was taking mo- money from Vince the whole time. So fucking wild shit. And, uh, he was legitimate when Heyman left and was working in the WWE and kind of left those guys high and dry. Cause like dreamer turned down money from WCW to stay loyal to ECW, all of that shit. So when that shit went belly up and Heyman was immediately working for the guy who helped bury that fucking company, apparently helped keep it alive while it was alive. Uh, yeah, he, he legitimately considered walking into that fucking building that apparently had like an open carry policy. So you couldn't just, freely walk in there and then yeah he, he was just going to kill paul Heyman and himself and uh fucking move on well he wasn't gonna move on i mean you know i mean you know what i mean you know man uh so yeah so i think that's that's all i got i i almost fucking forgot that thank you anthony um but yeah, so I think I, I mentioned everybody I wanted to mention and uh, plugged everybody and and all of that thing. Um, if I missed anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, or am I? Because I, I think I, I legitimately covered everybody. But uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see what goes on with this Laker thing in the next coming days. Uh, you know, I'll be able to talk about it a little next week. I don't know if I'm going to be doing a show here next week because, you know, with me lined up to do the show with Shaheen, I, I would definitely like to throw any content that I have at that. I don't know if I want to just go in and repeat all the things here next week, but we'll see what goes on. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, thanks for checking me out. Um, thanks for not endangering other people with AIDS. Uh, I don't think my listeners would do that, although the people who I talk about listen to me all the fucking time, which is always fun to me. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Uh, talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? 
DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Cusa Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.